0: One and all to episode 260 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the now newly healed and regenerated Matt is here from Texas. And live, live from Texas is also the ever loving Tim. California
1: Tim. Tim. That's
0: right. And there is no specialty to this episode, there is nothing special about episode 260. Nor do I think will there be anything special about episode 261. Not because Matt was stupid and forgot to prepare. No, because Tim, Tim is here and that is special enough
1: for, so. for two weeks straight. we will two. be sitting here across from one another, <laughs> staring each other down with a tablet and, and du, du and Duchess, Dutch is it oh Deschutes beer.
0: Yes, Deschutes Jubile ale. Uh, and then Matt is drinking some Ballast Point Victory at Sea.
1: Which apparently is seasonal. Yes, it's seasonal
0: here in Houston.
1: It's very popular uh, in, in my parts of California.
0: Yes. Good old Ballast Point comes to us all the way from San Diego, which is a lot further away from Houston than L.A. So <laughs> there is there is that, you know. But anyway, so how the fuck are you
1: I I, I am good I'm happy to, to hear you sounding well after three <laughs> after three, three full consecutive weeks of w-
0: weeks <laughs> I know of, of having
1: hepatitis C or something whatever whatever causes all that hepatitis phlegm. C is that like is that like what
0: the kool-aid man gets you know when he's like um, you know when, when he's like been slumming around? He gets, it's not high C that he gets, it's hepatitis C. Hep C. Hep C.
1: What does he say when he busts through walls? I don't know, that it. sounds too much like
0: Pepsi. So now now we've gone from fruit drink to soda. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So here we are, you've been here, you arrived. So so today, of all days, the Miraculous is truly, really in the world of time. It, it's still 2017. It, it hasn't, is. It hasn't actually clicked over into 2018, Correct. correct uh we're, we're here on the 29th which is friday the last friday of 2017. 2017 yeah we don't change our ways it might even be our last friday who knows but um uh, you know let's let's hope not uh, you know, <laughs> wait way to get morbid matt
1: i don't know what could happen between this friday and next friday well last time you managed to break your fucking foot so that is who true knows? It, it's still swollen <laughs> after 2 over 2 months my my That's what she said.
0: It's still swollen after know, 2 months. I
1: know. I know. That that you know, I knew drinking all that Mountain Dew with yellow number 5 was going to come back to haunt me someday. <laughs> uh, my ankle will not stop swelling. Like once it's swollen there's all that yellow number. I I think that's where it congregates. It doesn't shrink your testicles, which was the tail when we when I was in 5th grade. I did, was that po- I mean, really? It, yeah.
0: no, no. Okay. So when I was growing up, uh, which was, you know, your sports heroes were also uh, intertwined with your worldwide wrestling federation heroes because it could still be called the WWF back then. Yeah. So what, you know, what's your, it called now? Uh, WWE, Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment. They uh, actually it took them like twenty something years. Sure. Because when they started the WWF, okay. there was already something else called the WWF, and they sued, and it took like twenty years. And eventually, WWF lost. Yeah. So I guess the real WWF won. And so now it's WWE. Funky. Yes. And so that's why there's no F anymore. It's just the WW on the logo. Yeah. Because it's Worldwide Wrestling. Yeah. At any rate, so the big thing was... Is it www.ww.com? com. (laughs) That's because that's not confusing. Um, so, so yeah. So it was like the Hulk Hogan's and the Iron Sheiks. Yes, I know. I'm fucking old. Leave me alone. It's uh, so in the Iron Sheiks, the Sergeant Slaughter's of the world, and it was steroid use was really big then, and it was, it was so hot right then. Yes, it's so hot right now. And and steroids were what would shrink your balls and your penis and make you go bald, like the top of your penis. <laughs> well, the- theoretically, maybe, maybe the if top... you've got a hairy
1: top of your penis, go see the doctor. That's <laughs> well, the... Man, let's uh, let, let me look at how about sn- uh, snopes.com because I think amongst everybody, Snopes is a very uh, reputable uh, website. I think if you're di- di- uh, if you're on all sides of the spectrum, you can rely on Snopes. I don't think they're necessarily leaning a certain way. But I have no idea. Sn- Honestly,
0: it's been a long time since I've used any. Um, Snopes type website.
1: Yellow Snopes Yellow 5. Let's see. Let's see what this brings up. Uh, Mountain Dew shrinks testicles. <laughs> this was submitted uh, December of 2015, I think. Uh, but here, Okay, claim. Claim Snopes.com Mountain Dew shrinks testicles. The claim on this website, uh, drinking Mountain Dew brand soda causes one's testicles to shrink again. This is what we believed in when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, um, 20, 20 years ago or so, and all through junior high school. This was a very popular uh, thought. A status? False. An example collected via email from 1997. Wow. Teenagers- you really
0: would have been in my like fifth grade then, uh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Teen- uh, teenagers in my area, uh, SW, Mish, oh, Southwest uh, Michigan, have a widespread rumor going. Supposedly Mountain Dew will cause young males' testicles to shrink. So none of them are drinking it. Young males. Apparently, it's, it's prejudice, I guess. So the
0: question is, is Nambla having a field day with this rumor? <laughs>
1: so does Mountain Dew cause shrinkage of penis size? I guess if you're uh, you know, one of these movie executives who loves young boys, this would be... No, i was making an
0: ambla joke just to make an ambla joke but i <laughs> apparently that was a real concern back then and uh, I, I heard
1: somewhere that so uh, does mountain drew does mountain drew does mountain dew cause shrinkage of shrinkage of penis size i heard somewhere that the coloring in mountain dew can lower your sperm count origins wild rumors like the ones quoted above about a popular brand of lemon-lime soda have been circulating for several years now. The first clue to its questionable veracity is the variety of reported effects. Drinking Mountain Dew will shrink your testicles, or decrease your sperm count, or cause your penis to grow smaller. Frightening. Well, whatever occurs, it only happens to guys, and it hits them below the belt, right? Right. Sounds a lot like the early 1990s legend that claimed tropical fantasy brand soft drinks contained a secret ingredient to cause sterility in black male drinkers, doesn't it? Remind you of that. These rumors are primarily spread about PepsiCo's Mountain Dew soft drink, although it has also been told about Mellow Yellow, a Coca-Cola product, which though still available has been supplanted by Surge. You can tell how dated this is if, <laughs> if uh, Surge is still popular. I mean, I still see more Mellow Yellow, but uh, the key factor... Wait, Mellow Yellow?
0: You just introduced another one. I, I thought are. this was about
1: Mountain Dew. It is, but they were saying that apparently uh, Mellow Yellow uh, has the yellow number five. Oh, okay. It, but gotcha. they're saying, oh, oh, there's no more Mellow Yellow, it's Surge. But uh, yeah, so the key factor is the presence of a dye called Yellow Number Five, and these. Drinks, presumably in large quantities, a food coloring that allegedly has nasty effects on one's uh, manhood. Apparently, yellow number five is uh, known, well, I guess popularly, I think we all know what Tardazine is. Oh, yeah, um,
0: sure. Everybody knows what that is. You're 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 an idiot if you don't know what that is.
1: What the fuck is that? Uh, it, tardazine <laughs> is an FD&C, i.e. approved for use in food, drugs, and cosmetics. Coloring dye commonly used to give various foods, such as beverages, candy, and ice cream, a bright lemon yellow color. It has long been deemed safe by the Food and Drug Administration. It has also been in use since 1916. So if it were shrinking penises and testicles, we probably would have heard something about more than just the rumors about it now. Um, Well,
0: you know, that's very fascinating. That's very fascinating. I I, I have to say that... As someone whose lunch, back when I was young and thin and good-looking, consisted of about five or six Marlboro Red cigarettes and a one liter of Mountain Dew. You, you would do this? That was my... Okay. Yes, back when I was young and thin and good-looking. Well, when I looked like Tim and not like Louis Anderson? Um, <laughs> again, if you're old, you'll know who that is. Um, so... I I literally would. I would go and buy a one liter of uh, Mountain Dew, and I would pop my pack of Marlboro Reds and probably get about five or six cigarettes down in my, depending on how long the shift was, either 30 to 45 minute break. uh, That was my entire lunch. The fact that I have four fucking kids ought to tell you that that's not true. At least in terms of low sperm count. Maybe yeah. maybe I have abnormally small testicles and just am not aware um, at this point in my life.
1: Well, that, but, that's why you, you have four kids because the sperm only has, you know, they, it doesn't incubate there for a long period of time. <laughs> it just has an immediate exit route. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and And because the penis is so small, yeah. it could just rock it right into the vagina. I get it. I, yeah, you know. yeah. It's,
1: like, it's, about, it's like Christmas night for me every midnight. After I eat my grandma's chili and the Alamo tamale she picks up every year, uh, it just hits me. And just like your testicles, it goes <laughs> out. There's no sitting around the stomach. You don't have that initial, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a Tums or Pepto can fix this. It's, you you know, automatically.
0: Very good. Yeah. So,
1: well, uh, so we are
0: post-holiday season for the most part, for the most part. I yeah. guess we'll have to wait for episode 262 to see how everyone's true New Year's went. Right. But, um, how, how was the Christmas, sir? How, how was your Christmas?
1: The Christmas was good. The Christmas, uh, was nice. Uh, we, we, I'm still engaged. <laughs> well. <laughs> Which is promising because it's only been like a month. So this is, this is good. <laughs> uh, st- still engaged. Uh, we we did the, uh, the the making of the rounds with the family on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, friends, you know, telling them about the story, and it, it's been very nice. Uh, but uh, you you get to the point to where it's like, I mean, does is it supposed to lose its luster after you're telling the story for a period? Okay. It looks like you add a Carolina Reaper. Woo! I'm I'm look, guys, we've
0: got a cooler here. There's a cooler of beer. And I'm just trying to be quiet while Tim is telling his wonderful story of making the rounds of telling the repeated story. It's more of like his a cooler of water. Fiance
1: making. It's a cooler of water. And, and some beer in it. Well, this is true. <laughs> we
0: may or may not have started drinking a like an hour and a half two hours ago yeah. it's entirely possible yeah.
1: yeah not feeling pretty good for one o'clock in the afternoon yes uh but know, yeah, it's i mean it's been going great it's going great my nieces and nephews are adorable it's been nice hanging out with them but uh ah but the
0: in-laws the in-laws well i'm uh, not gonna do that to you your in-laws are fantastic right yeah well they're in sacramento
1: her in-laws then Yes, her in- Her in- laws My parents. Yeah, her future in-laws. Oh, well, I mean, if if I say they're not fantastic, is that okay? Because that, I mean- Well, that's from you.
0: Just so long <laughs> as she thinks they're fantastic is yeah, all that's important. I, I
1: mean, I think fantastic is a little bit far-reaching. <laughs> uh, you know, um, entertaining. Well, how about entertaining? Okay, so- you you recently came
0: back to us from the hill country specifically you, Fredericksburg. Were, in, you were in Fredericksburg yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is the hill country very nice uh, and and apparently there were adventures in breaded schnitzel that I was only recently made aware of because I didn't understand
1: oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> something something I may have to talk to Tim's so about but. What prompted
1: the family to do Christmas in Fredericksburg? No, we didn't. No, they didn't do Christmas in Fredericksburg. So, um, oh. yeah, so, so apparently I don't
0: understand what the fuck is no, happening no, no, in no, Tim's no, no, life. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write you a, uh, I'm gonna send you postcards mm. day, weekly to let you know what's going on. You should when, because I <laughs> entirely.
0: So, okay, so guys, let, let me fill you in on what's been happening. So, you know, Tim and I. We're friends in real life. We really are. So you know, we, we try and keep each other abreast of what's happening. So when Tim's like, oh, dude, I'm going to be in Houston. Let's try and get together, whatever. Sure. Providing I don't fucking break my foot while watching the, the World Series. Let's get together, et cetera, et cetera. We're trying to schedule not just the time that we're going to record today, but try and see if there's any way we can work out to hang out and do whatever. And so he's like, yeah, so I'm going to be in Fredericksburg you know, he tells me when he's coming in and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to be in the Fredericksburg until like 27th, 28th, whatever. I'm thinking, oh, OK, so they've got this beautiful hill country Christmas planned out in Fredericksburg. And so I've been waiting to hear about this wonderful, magical hill country Christmas in the crisp, cool hill country weather of of, of, of Texas and everything. And now it was, would well, you just go up there the day and spend the night or something? No,
1: no, we were there, we were there for two nights. So when we go to visit her family in Sacramento, okay. Uh, ever since then, the first Christmas I went up there, which was actually the first year I was in LA, uh, we drove up there and we usually, we normally drive. And just along the ways, there's some really cool towns and areas that I love in, uh, in California, in Central California. I mean, you have Carmel, you have. Uh, Santa Barbara, Los Livos, all the wine country. And so I told her, like, you know, the wine here is good, but Texas wine to me has more, is more flavorful. And, uh, there's like a lot of really good wines That's too. That's a bold strategy. Cotton. Let's see if it pays off <laughs> for him. I'm not saying that it's better, but I'm saying that it's really good. And it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 very comparable, and if not better than some of the wines in uh, in the Solvang area, okay. which is not Napa Valley or you know, what it they, is the new bridge. up and
0: coming California section.
1: Yeah, I mean it's always if, been. If I
0: understand my wines, my wine country, yeah. that's the. Yeah. That's like the the upstart in California. Yeah,
1: it, well, it's always been there, oh. but now more of the vineyards they're realizing, well, people aren't wanting to spend fifty bucks for a freaking tasting up in Napa and Sonoma or Sonoma. Uh, so a lot of those guys are coming down there and opening up vineyards and introducing more folk who just want to come up for the afternoon or come up for the day or just a, a short weekend sure. to their to their wine. San Luis Obispo is a very up and coming area. It's very really, okay. it's very pretty there. Uh, Still cheaper there. So um, we came in the day before Christmas Eve, so the 23rd, did all the Christmas shopping and everything, and so I told her, it's like, well, since after Christmas, we're going to be here for a while, why don't we go to Fredericksburg, we'll drive up there, we got a rental car, uh, we'll get an Airbnb, a little, uh, well, originally it was, we were thinking about a bed and breakfast area, but since a lot of the hotels... For the same amount of price, you can get a more unique experience doing something like Airbnb. Right. So online, I found this really—or actually, the SO found a really cool place kind of off the beaten path right next to a vineyard. It's right off—it uh, was right off of 290. You go down about two and a half miles down this rocky road, and it opened like a year ago. It was called City on a Hill, and it was beautiful cedar cabins brand new cedar cabins you have a, a full li- i'll show you pictures later it's a, you have a living room you have a little kitchen area you have a bedroom bathroom nice okay. and it's like a sure. studio and not only is it a, do we have a front porch and a back porch there's the spring creek i think it's called spring creek right across the way from it beautiful donkeys roaming you have a clear view of the countryside and you have donkeys
0: your, roaming yeah donkeys <laughs> roaming
1: and you have your own personal jacuzzi there well, at least no matter what, you got a bunch of ass. That's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so. <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry, folks. That's the beard.
1: <laughs> and so, like, with that and the wine tasting, you know, it was just fantastic. Totally worth checking it out. And I know you went to Fredericksburg recently. We did
0: for the family reunion,
1: right? And I, you know, I have pictures of the town. It is—it's the most Christmassy, beautiful town I've my, ever. My dad was visited. telling me that. Yeah, that's it's what he beautiful. was saying.
0: Because I was—I I was like, yeah, he's up in Fredericksburg. I was telling telling my dad about. My, my dad lives in Oklahoma City, right? But he came down for Christmas, obviously, to see the grandkids and whatnot. So. And and I was like, yeah, he's up in Fredericksburg. I guess they're doing some, you know, family thing of there. He's like, no, he's like Matt. He's like, it's he's like it's the most picturesque Christmas town in all of Texas, at, at the very least. And I'm like, oh, I I did not know that. My question though is that so you found this amazing place to stay, uh, you've got this beautiful, you know, picturesque Christmasy town. Which wine bus tour did you take? Because we even take when you. I was there, when I was there, yeah. they, I mean, it was like, okay, so we we, we did our family reunion there, as as I'd mentioned, uh, we did that back Last in November. Summer. Oh, back oh, in November. November. Yeah, okay. it was back to the tail end. Uh, first, actually, first part of November, really. And one of the nights that we were there, we actually went from where we were camping. We were over by LBJ State Park. Yeah. So we pretty much just take 290 straight into Fredericksburg, going into town that way. And I mean, I lost count of the number of wineries that lead you into Fredericksburg, and there were like party buses yeah. at every single yeah, one. Two, yeah, 290 party wine, bus, wine bus or something. Yeah, but it was yeah. like, but it was like different wine. So I'm sure. like, how many different ways from Sunday
1: did you manage to try the wine? I've gone wine tasting there a couple times before, and the only time I did a wine bus was earlier this year i went with my dad my aunt and we had a little uh i mean you share with other people it was it was uh, up to san luis obispo in the solvang area and you know we parked the car we get on the bus they just take us to a few places i don't think that's worth it because you're still having to pay for the wine tastings you just have somebody taking you to the same wine to whereas if you just look it up you i mean you know it's just you don't have to worry about somebody drinking and driving but um, Until you're all done and they drop you back at your car. <laughs> exactly. But but what's great, I mean, for any of you who have not gone wine tasting, it's very easy to go on like something like Yelp because you'll see people that just went to that vineyard or winery like a day or two before, so they'll tell you if the grapes are sour or not. There used to be a, well, I, my favorite vineyard, which I'm not going to say it, but it might be called, I'll, I'm going to, I'll, bleep this out <laughs> you're good <laughs> vineyards Vineyards. Okay. it's 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 a it's Ooh, a bleep twice yeah, no, right? i repeated it it's yeah. a i mean it's it's a very popular place it's like italy in texas it's very beautiful and wow. before i was drinking a lot of wine i mean when i first started i think i did what a lot of other people did in maybe texas or you know who aren't around a lot of people they drink a bunch of wine other than my grandfather i guess is that i started cheap you know, and you work your way up. You know, that's kind of how you get an idea of what you like and, you know, what kind of palate you have and all that stuff. And sure. Fair then, enough. You, then, you know, when you get older, or not when you get older, but when you get more mature with wine, you start pairing it with things. And, you know, it could be the same thing, Well, like, with how beer is now. You know, you get a right. fancy beer and whatnot. I used to like this one vineyard. And so I was telling the, so, like, when we go, we're this is the first place we go to. On our way to the uh, place we were staying at after we had lunch at the Ausländer, which is a pretty cool German restaurant there. Freaking $5 pints of Hofbrau Oktoberfest. Cannot beat that in an ice-cold mug. Fantastic. So, there, well, there's a place called Chisholm Wineries right by our place that we're staying at. So that's off the beaten path. Went in there. We were the only people there. Every single wine we tasted was very good. You can taste the grape. Its description was to a T. To a wow. T, what they were trying to go for. It was good you know we thoroughly enjoyed it so we bought a wine enjoyed it that night so the next day was going to be our big wine day woke up went to the nimitz pacific war museum which is stellar then we went wine tasting so then we went to that first vineyard that i used to love six seven years ago or so hated virtually every fucking wine oh my god no oh, that's terrible that we tasted and there is this one wine and of course they're a little douchey at this place <laughs> they're like oh the you know the uh, the uh, I don't want to say the name of the wine because it's totally gonna to give it away. But it's the uh, the K Sera Sera Winery. This is nice. this is our best wine, but you can only get it if you're a wine club member. And if you're a wine club member, you can only get it when it's shipped to you per month. And it's like, so you're telling me to try the, what you say is your favorite wine that you have. I have to become a fucking... I'm not going to become a fucking wine... I used to be a wine member, but you, at the time, never shipped to LA, so I had it all shipped to my dad's house, and it pretty much all spoiled, because my dad didn't know how to, how to keep wine properly. So uh, we left that place and went to the other vineyards, two other vineyards, but one of them, Becker Vineyards, that when I first started drinking wine, I did not like their wine. We went there. The wine was delicious. The people that worked there weren't douchey, weren't over the top. Uh, we had... I mean, I don't know how old she was. To me, she looked like she might have been a, a high schooler. Very knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. early Probably nowadays. Not. Yeah, I know. I know, but I mean... tenth like, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah but, but, but like great. very personable, you know? And like the place wasn't over the top. It didn't have like a big shopping area with overpriced shit. The grounds were beautiful, but the wine was delicious. And the Messina Hof, which is right. popular. Right, is very popular there. Yeah. Now, let me
0: ask you this. Okay, so when we were there in November and we were there second week in november all right so it's clearly been about 6 7 weeks since we've been there they were actually put they were actually building a brewery an actual brewery in the midst of all of the Wineries. Was the brewery done? Do you happen to see what did see?
1: it look like?
0: It actually had the. It, it was the only one that actually had the big stainless steel still on the outside of the building.
1: Like they have like the copper. Like yes, copper, yeah, the copper they're top still the, building that. Ah
0: yeah okay yeah
1: but i mean it looks i mean the structure itself looked pretty much intact yeah yeah, it was the only one that actually
0: had the still that for for the the stiller the the stilling and the the distilling of the beer rather uh going and it was actually connected on the outside of the brewery yeah
1: i mean it's a beautiful area i mean the germans settled there in the 1850s during the big great american go west movement and I mean, it's it's a wonderful city, and if I were to spend Christmas there, in fact, I was talking to So, and it's like, God, your parents would love it here. We should get families together and just meet up in in Fredericksburg. I've always wanted to do that
0: my whole life. I have always wanted to have one big Griswold family Christmas. Yeah, but do it like somewhere like Fredericksburg, somewhere where it's really cool, where we could have like a big.
1: Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, beautiful pictures of it, but, like, they have that park area that's there. Tri- lights everywhere. They had a little ice skating rink in the back. Uh, they had, uh, they, you know, they had the nativity uh, scene, the setup right there. But then they also had a big Christmas tree it was very pretty. But then they also had uh, German and German culture. I cannot, I fucking can't think of the name of it. But it was, like, a wooden structure that went up, and there were there were like little scenes inside that would spin around and each like little spinning section had a different scene in it. Huh? Yeah. And it was really cool. Like one of them was like Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. The other one was like the German, you know, the German boy and girl with like hammers and shit. Yeah. So I mean, it's really cool. I mean, it's very authentic German. A lot of tourists go there, but it's really nice. And it's definitely a place to check out. If you're ever in the Fredericksburg, uh, Austin or San Antonio area. So, really good food, really good wine, good beer. I, have, I know they have Fredericksburg Brewing Company, but it's just an all-around really cool, uh, relatively inexpensive place to take your family. Wow, that is fascinating, dude.
0: Yeah, and, and here I am, meanwhile, the only cool, really ultra-cool thing we got to do is I got to finally take my dad to this awesome beer joint called Tapped. And it's right around the corner from my house. I mean, it's like literally, it's like a mile and a half from the house. It's great. I actually met this guy. I think I may have talked about this back in like July or something. But I actually met the owner of this place uh, about a week and a half before they opened. And I was outside waiting for it to open. I've been waiting for it. Finally, I was just on some errands with my youngest daughter, who, by the way, just turned six yesterday. So happy birthday to my youngest and God, I remember when she was
1: born. I know,
0: right? <laughs> I think that honestly, I think one of the kids actually has a new refrigerator drawing for your SO.
1: Really? Because we have uh, we have uh, Libby's. Really, really,
0: really, that's we, hilarious. Yes, I that's was cute. talking. I I had been telling them a couple weeks ago about how the that that your the SO. God, this is so weird to keep saying that. I just want to keep saying her name, and I—I I, I know I can't. Uh, it's like the remaining realm of mystery in the SLS cast is who you're asking. Maybe
1: maybe we can now since she has a new job. I—I I, I say that. I—I I say let's wait till the wedding. Oh, that'd be funny. The just big reveal. The big reveal. Of little the little did we know four years ago. I was probably openly saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is true. <laughs> I, I really that's can't also... remember when we started doing these things. Yeah, that's honest. okay.
0: It's part of the fun of the SLS All Alright so seriously So yes I was actually I really and truly was About two and a half weeks ago I was telling the girls About how you and the SO Had saved the last couple of pictures uh, That the girls had done And they had colored for y'all And everything And that they were still up on your refrigerator. So one of my girls, who actually for Christmas got a full art set—watercolors, oh, and cool. crayons, and pencils—and yeah. all this kind of stuff with the specific tablets that go along with each format and everything. So there's like a watercolor tablet. And all. Yeah, yeah. So I was telling them about that, and and now I, you know, they're doing all some. Like I'm pretty sure they've got like another
1: uh, another refrigerator. <laughs> refrigerator art for you. Well, so, we we will uh, we will put it right next to the other one. There's plenty of space. What,
0: what, honestly, quite frankly, what really impresses me, um, and we moved too. We moved is that you moved on. and you kept it? I was <laughs> like that. That is like that is like specifically very touching. That you know that that the so thought enough of that that she has kept it yeah. for this long, despite I mean, me saying
1: no. No, no dude. Kidding. No, I'm kidding. It's okay. I mean, it's like it's a kid no, drawing from no. like
0: three and a half years ago. No, it's, cute. I it's I don't cute. No. I don't understand. You know, I understand. I mean, you know, yeah. we get this shit all the time, and it's like, you know, you you try and balance being a good parent, right, with the reality of the fact that not everything your kid do your kids do is amazing. You know, yeah. Sometimes it's just a shitty drawing, right? I mean, you know, like I think of Scrooge. The Bill Murray movie, right? And, you know, the, the, the his secretary has one of her kids' drawings. And, and he's like, how many how many fingers does Mrs. Claus have? And she's like, 11? Get rid of it. Throw it away. It's garbage. I mean, you know... <laughs> And that's true! I mean, it's like, you wanna, you wanna encourage your children. You wanna, you know, make them believe that the world is truly their oyster. But at the same time, a lot of the work they do is shit! I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it really is. And so, you know, it's like the, of course, but maybe, you know, from the recently fallen Louis C.K.
1: But and we look over and your youngest daughter is standing in the middle of the hallway. They're not home, motherfucker. Not this time. I head down in the in the dun, dun 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 dun. The little peanuts piano playing.
0: And, 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 and then and then of course we fast forward like thirty years and she's got some kind of show or two. And it was at this point that I knew that everything my dad believed in me was a lie. So. <laughs>
1: Mm. Uh, so, I, are we caught up for now? I mean, we, 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 next episode, we can catch up more. I was going to say, really and truly, we have spent 30 fucking minutes talking about the, we haven't even done what I've done yet. Oh, what have you
0: done? Oh my God. Let's save that for next episode. What do you say? <laughs> um, okay. So, let's just go really fast for Matt, because Matt's was not uh, really and truly as fascinating as Tim. Dad came into town. And we had a great time. My cousin uh, is really cool. One of my really close cousins that I love a lot is really close by. And so now what we used to do in San Antonio a few years ago, we now do here. So all the family met up over at his place and we had a great family Christmas party and all that good stuff. He literally, now please bear in mind that my cousin is three and a half, if not four years older than me and he has a full-grown adult version of the pink bunny costume from A Christmas Story. And so once we have plied him with enough alcohol, we make him dress up, and then everybody gets family pictures with him.
1: Every year? Every year. Really? Yes. Do your, I mean, Does your oldest daughter think that's a little weird yet? <laughs> No, like well, because it? while we make him dress up every year,
0: it's not been every year that we've been able to get with him okay. in the physical yeah. bunny suit. So this was still novelty for my kids. Yeah. They were like, oh, wow, it's the bunny from Easter. It's from, from a Christmas story.
1: Does he have, like, vomit coming down, like, staining? Nah nah, 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 Quite, Quite frankly, I think he likes it. But he just won't
0: admit it. Yeah. So, uh, and honestly, it was really, really cold when we did the Christmas party because it was like the 22nd. Believe it or not, here in Houston, where it snowed this year, it was, I mean, it was back in the, you know, low 40s again. So he wore the big felt bunny outfit when he came out and I'm smoking a cigar and drinking beer and he comes out, starts lighting his cigarettes and he's like, wow, this feels great. This is a perfect outfit. I'm like, it is. You should keep wearing it you know so meanwhile he and and of course at their house their smoking area is actually on the front porch so i'm like you're kind of advertising the bunny thing in front of your whole neighborhood so i'm not sure what's going on there but okay <laughs> so so we did
1: all that so what he was a rabbit sitting on his front porch smoking a cigar
0: smoking a a cigarette okay so, so i was i was doing my cigars which head. is funnier yes smoking the cigarette Uh, we're we're drinking beer. It it is, you know, getting towards the darker portions of the evening uh, on Christmas weekend. It's like 7, 7 p.m. Actually, I want to say it was probably about 8.39. Okay. Really. So, I mean, it's definitely dark. Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? No, no, this was uh, twi- so so he was not the Friday la- or Saturday. Friday okay. or Saturday. So he was Christmas. not
1: the last person that kids saw before they went to bed for
0: Santa <laughs> Claus. <laughs> no, no, he was not the last person that kids saw before they went to bed. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we did all that. Had the big family over dinner. Yeah. Christmas Eve, we had the other side of the family. We go to what I lovingly refer to as my in laws in laws, which translated into my wife. Obviously, that family, her family, are my in laws. Well, my father-in-law, who sadly, as you know, passed away earlier this year, Yeah. so it was a bit of a tough Christmas in in regards to that. Well, his wife's family is the family we always visit on Christmas Eve. Okay. So those are his in-laws, and I have always lovingly referred to them as my in-laws' in-laws. So we just keep kind of making this weird chain of in-laws going down the line. And, yeah, so we went to the in-laws' in-laws this year uh, for Christmas Eve. Had that fun. It was great. And then, of course, we had Christmas where I got such amazing things as Rocco's Modern Life, one of the original Nicktoons that got the full series. And then I also got Ratatouille to help fill out my Pixar collection. It was one of the few Pixar movies I realized I did not have. Oh. Uh, so my wife did very well with that. And I also got from my good buddy Tim today, <laughs> I also got a an amazing Ray Harryhausen collection on Blu-ray that has
1: conveniently already been quality assured for, uh, quality tested. It for- has been. And as you notice, the plastic <laughs> is still on the front. Just for some reason, my father, who... This is, okay, this was a gift that I was supposed <laughs> to get to Matt last year, and uh, for one reason or another, we didn't get to exchange the gifts, but my dad, when my sister had to move back in after the hurricane, Harrison, not Hurricane, Her- Harvey, Harvey. <laughs> Harvey, Harvey Harrison, when, when the, would he be the worst Harvey this year to have done something tragic? <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, uh, Harvey the hurricane or Harvey the, the molester, Wein- Weinstein? Oh, Harvey, ooh.
0: Definitely the molester. Yeah. Because while Harvey hurt a lot of people over the course of five days, the other Harvey hurt many more people over the course of like 20 years. Right.
1: So uh, so when my <laughs> sister came to the town, uh, my dad found the Blu-ray and uh, he happened just to open it up, the plastic, carefully to where he can just take the movies out of the sleeve. So at least two of those...
0: Worked just fine. <laughs> so, no, honestly. And, and, oh, I totally forgot to tell you. Okay. And then also, also, I have a new collection that I can start. Because uh, Tim knows that I love to collect interesting things. And so he remembered that I like Danny Trejo. He also remembered the original Machete movie. And so uh, Tim lovingly got me a Machete collectible action figure. Not a doll. An action figure. It's a blow-up doll. I love it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, he got me a kick-ass collection figure, so now I've got to get that up. I don't know. Should I put it? Maybe, Maybe I can start some shelves where I can put it next to my Avengers. I'm
1: surprised you don't have a shelf. You could have a shelf. I think I do. I think I need to
0: put some... Okay, so it's... for those of you who don't know, uh, my, my computer area, which is really kind of badass, I think, has... An actual Stanley autographed original uh, Avengers blow-up of, of a comic. It's the Avengers number four. And it's autographed by Stanley and it hangs above my computer. So now I think I need to actually get some shelving to put next to that. And then I can start putting like some figures and other posters and stuff. What do you think?
1: Ooh, aesthetically, you know something else you can do? What can I do? You can put the Mickey Mouse phone up on a shelf. And Mickey, found, it... Mickey Mouse phone works. Oh, it does?
0: It does. Okay, then you probably don't want to put it's, it on a it shelf. It is a legit Mickey Mouse phone. Uh, the lampshade is a custom shade that my wife made, actually. Really? Yes, she really did. Did she knit
1: that? Is no, it knitting she, or is No, it... she
0: actually drew it.
1: She oh, drew that. It is,
0: it is literally based off of... Okay, I'm going to have to get up and spoil the mood here. All right, so when you turn it off, though... <laughs> all right, so guys, I know you can't see any of this, but when you actually turn it off, you can see this is actually taken from a uh, Disney World hat.
1: Oh, okay. That
0: my wife yeah. made that shows all the Mickeys throughout the years.
1: That's cool. Okay. Yeah,
0: so she drew that. The uh, phone itself is uh, the phone lamp itself is actually a gift from uh, one of my really best friends in this whole wide world. His name's Rob. Uh, and he was able to find that on an antique site that was actually in the contemporary hotel back in like 1976, 1977.
1: Really? Yes, weren't in, like in, in the hotel room. Yes
0: they, they actually had them the yeah phone lamps in the hotel rooms from the contemporary resort. I got some badass friends. Cool. You know what? I got badass friends. I got a badass wife. I got my badass friend, Tim, getting me all sorts of badass shit. So, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, next year, I'm going to get, I'm going to find you that Danny Trejo blow up doll. <laughs> oh, Co- but, but, complete but, with real but he
0: even got me, but no, so, so he even got me a California adventure yeah. pin because yeah. he knows I love the Disney pin trading and everything. Yeah. So he was able to get me a California, uh, uh, adventure pin that is actually no longer current, which means it's, it's truly historic now because the, one of the rides depicted in the pin no longer exists. Or or, or least, will no longer exist. Yeah,
1: it's the the roller coaster. California Adventure, they have a big Like the old... Paradise Pier one?
0: Is that the... Right,
1: yeah, yeah. They okay. have a, like a Coney Island boardwalk. And so they're wanting to rip up the boardwalk for some stupid reason. Because I love it. It's huge. It's a wooden roller coaster at Disneyland. It had a big Ferris wheel with Mickey... Yeah, so that's going to... The roller coaster is going to be gone. And the pier might be gone as well. I don't See, know.
0: So now I actually have something commemorative. Which is even cooler than that. Tim definitely took care of me. Tim, on the other hand, got shitty gifts because <laughs> Matt God. was trying to be somewhat practical. And um, Matt, Matt, uh, for the for the record, I did put thought into it. It did, yeah. But yeah, it was great. At the end of the day, Matt's gifts are not anywhere near as cool as <laughs> Tim's gifts were. So Matt has a lot of work to do next year. But thankfully, <laughs> somebody is theoretically. Theoretically, getting married next year, so maybe Matt that can is true. Make, maybe I can make up yeah. for it there. Yeah. yeah,
1: he'll he'll give me a list. Twenty five <laughs> reasons why not to go through with it. <laughs> hey, hey, I only had the one failed marriage so far. <laughs> so far, though. So, anyway, okay. Look, so we have killed literally forty two minutes at this point. We have and. That's without editing, which I don't think... uh, The only editing I'm going to be doing is adding in show music at the beginning of it. (laughs) So we're making it longer! Outstanding. Mm. We're still a movie podcast, right? We We really are, but you know, I mean, you know, fuck it. We, We spent... We don't do this as often anymore. This past year, we've really trimmed down on the opening banter, the opening discussions. True, and honestly, I think it was good that we had a couple of beers. Sure. And
0: we talked for like close to an hour before we got started because the last two years in a row that we did this i remember that our opening intro segments are you know our our banter has always been i don't know how to look at you i don't ever look at you and this is weird (laughs) (laughs) so now we kind of got over that by just bsing and talking and stuff so the question is we and and believe it or not we really do pre-show do Tim is very, very organized and, and sends stuff out. And we're looking at the email here that actually has the list of the episodes and the stuff we're supposed to cover. So the question is, do we still want to do news and stuff, or do we want to alter our list of movies? What would you, What do we want to do to compensate for our no, now I, you know, forty-five I, minute intro?
1: We have time, and we were honestly wanting to talk about the news, which we True. didn't. Really, so I think I think we should carry on. Uh, as planned.
0: Well then, alright folks,
1: for the life of us, it's a
0: 45 minute opening slash greeting, but by God, we're still gonna do it. So here we go, it's The News! up i guess so okay so during our famous pre-show that we already talked about i definitely had more than you so yes. do you want to go first or do you want me to go first
1: um you what was? why don't you do your movie theater piece the, of news movie yeah and i'll, I'll jump news. out i'll jump with mine after that
0: all right this comes to us from bloomberg.com by way of jerry smith And it is! Movie theaters were already in trouble. With Disney's Fox deal, it's double. Hey, he's a poet and he didn't know it. Alright, America's movie theaters were jammed in December for the screening of Star Wars The Last Jedi. A story about the resistance battling the evil First Order. But with the announcement in December that Walt Disney Company will acquire much of 21st Century Fox... Uh, Fox Inc.'s entertainment business, theater owners may feel like they're the resistance. Disney's acquisition of Fox Film Studio will unite some of the most lucrative film franchises from Disney's Star Wars and Marvel series to Fox's X-Men and Avatar. Uh, side note, I totally forgot that 20th Century Fox had the Avatar. Yeah. So yeah. they're, they're, they're looking like they're going to grab the Avatars series as well. With control, uh, back into the article. With control of more blockbusters, not only does Disney gain more leverage over theater chains such as AMC Entertainment Holdings and Carmack Cinemas Incorporated, it also wins more films it could distribute exclusively on its upcoming online service, cutting out cinema operators entirely. Disney expects the $52.4 billion deal, which includes Fox cable channels and international assets, to be completed in 12 to 18 months if regulators approve it. That's a big if, given that the government recently sued to block the enormous media deal between AT&T Inc. and Time Warner Inc., home of the Warner Brothers studio. Together, Disney and Fox accounted for 40% of ticket sales in 2016 in the U.S. and Canada, a level of market concentration that could draw scrutiny from Washington. Now, I'm going to go ahead and stop there on the article and basically kind of sum up from here. The big idea that, that, that Bloomberg is getting at is that... Um, Ultimately, with a 40%, with a complete domination of 40% of the market share for all of cinema going, the idea that theaters can continue to make money via ticket sales is highly, highly threatened for two reasons. One, Disney has been known, and especially recently, Disney has been known to break the standard 50 50 split. Uh, of movie of movie ticket sales, and they say things like, "We want seventy five percent of the market share for the Last Jedi. You have to maintain your biggest, best screen for four weeks, uh, and and show just the Last Jedi for four weeks. And if you don't do that, instead of seventy five percent of the of the revenue from a ticket sale, we'll take eighty percent instead. So." Compound that, that specific style of predatory market-taking from the theaters with the fact that they are now going to be opening their own streaming service in 2019 if they own all of Fox's assets, movie assets, so things <laughs> like the Avatar franchise, things like the entire... They'll, they'll get Fantastic Four back. They'll get the X-Men back. They'll get Wolverine back. Not to mention anything else that they get the original Star Wars film, which actually Episode 4, what what became to known as Episode 4, which is the original Star Wars movie, was actually not part of the original Lucasfilm deal because Mm -hmm. 20th Century Fox maintained ownership of that until something like, I want to say, like 2022 or something. Or maybe 2027. I think they were going to keep it for like 50 years. With all of that extra stuff they could virtually divert anything they wanted to from Fox straight into their own streaming service and bypass the theaters entirely, which would hurt the theaters twice. Once, because whatever they do decide to put in the theaters, they say, ah, fuck your 50%. We want as much as we want to take. Combined with whatever we don't show in the theaters, you know, fuck you. Now we just make the money on streaming. My question is based on this article and I do again encourage you to please check that out bloomberg.com by way of Jerry Smith movie theaters were already in trouble with Disney's Fox deal it's double how valid are the concerns
1: well I think we all know how uh, what Disney thinks of movie theaters uh and i think we all know what uh know how what, what what disney thinks of their audience they think very little of both they just want money interesting um, okay i'm going to stop you right there yeah. only because uh you 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 said
0: what disney thinks of their audience sure why do you think they think so little of their audience? I, I, I believe you and I agree with you yeah. in terms of the theater changes that fuck them. Because the whole thing that they pulled with The Last Jedi was not just something I was making up. That was stuff that was heavily reported on. They were taking a large lion's share and demanding full screen, biggest screen access dedicated for like four weeks. That's, you yeah. know, that's stuff that was heavily reported on. But why the audience?
1: Well, I think they know, uh, especially the pa- with Star Wars, they know that their audience, they can be morons. I'm a sucker for a lot of things. So whenever I see Star Wars, like, for a lot of movies, they come out with three trailers now. You know, they, they come out with a trailer. They come out with a teaser trailer. They come out with a trailer, you know, three, four months out. Then maybe one month out, they come out with a trailer. And then they come out with another trailer, like a week before the movie comes out, just to get people you know suck maybe maybe if you had some doubts they'll learn what those doubts are from certain people and they'll rework rework exactly sure now that might mean they'll give stuff away i noticed that just last night the new uh liam neeson movie the commuter or whatever you watch this trailer and you notice oh patrick wilson's in this movie and then you start seeing more scenes. And the trailer's com- being completely reworked. Why? Because people didn't know what the fuck this movie was about. Other than that this was possibly a- just another freaking Taken movie. With Liam Neeson as some action hero trying to stop somebody from killing some people that maybe he cares about or not. Or whatever. All right, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so like with Star sure. Wars. And the- what I'm about to say, I didn't come up with it myself. I heard... Uh, a couple other movie reviewer guys uh, from Red Letter Media, uh, YouTube guys. Oh, sure. Yeah, he, he does yeah, the sort Plink of on Star Wars As- or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, They can be kind of pompous in their own way because they don't—they only watch the shit that they're interested in. So I don't really think they uh, – like they're not a very broad spectrum thinking. Right. Uh, you know, I wouldn't review it. But they do notice things and they put it into words that I kind of agree with. And one of the things they talk about is Star Wars. In how with Star Wars like Celebration Day on May the 4th that they do... Uh, try, I mean, I'll, I'll grab one of the other ones. Oh, sure, thank or you. that. You oh, that's fine. I, I want
0: something you want to no, enjoy. I, I, I interrupted
1: I Tim to give him a beer. I did. This uh, is what's did. happening right he now. He did. But I would rather you enjoy this California beer. No, no, that was one of Jen's picks and she didn't like it. Oh, okay, I'll drink it.
0: So you're totally
1: down. Okay. <laughs> um, and... Um, Like, what they mention about May the 4th. Do you you like these? (laughs) Did you like that one?
0: Yeah, it was fine. Okay, well, I'm going to save that one right over here for you. Alrighty. Okay, there you go.
1: Oh, it's so cold! This is like the ultimate sacrifice of icy coldness that Rose from Titanic Uh, didn't make. Oh, shit, right?
0: There was like eight different ways he could have fit on that fucking headboard.
1: Yeah. Or was it
0: a door? door whatever the fuck it was there was a lot of ways that poor jack could have fit on that there was enough wood rose was a bitch to understand that so we had to see her tits so
1: so, what those guys from uh, red letter media when they were talking about the new star wars movie is that they were saying that it it feels like a political rally where their candidate is and again this is their words that i i agree with so i don't want to make it sound like i came up with this lingo on my own i guess. That they came with their candidate like, you know, here's Kathleen Kennedy talking about Star Wars and just how their speeches are when they're hyping Star Wars. It's very planned out and how they shoot it, how it's produced, it's very glossy. And the fans they show are like uber fans, just overly enthused. And it's like, you're watching a fucking trailer that is going to be coming out that same day you being there does nothing for the franchise other than making them feel better that you are going to go see this movie. And so what's going to happen is that it doesn't matter how, what people think about this new movie, you're going to go see the next movie. You're going to go see the next, uh, it's uh, what other franchise do I not like? Uh, Like the Marvel movies. If I watch a trailer and it's like, you know what, this movie, the, the new infinity Wars trailer movie. Trailer movie uh, movie for, trailer <laughs> trailer for the movie yeah trailer for the movie right it, it looks different it looks cool that's what I thought with like Gardens of the Galaxy with the first one okay. when saw the first one enjoyed it the second one still enjoyed it but it was still more of the same they were still milking that cow you, they were giving you more of the same stuff hoping that you'll buy it and with a lot of people Uber fans who love Star Wars because it's Star Wars who love Marvel because it's Marvel, And I'm not picking on anybody because we all like what we like. There has to be a point to where it's like, okay, I'm a sucker. Like, I'm falling for this and we have to acknowledge it. But the issue is, it's like even with politics, they're treating all of this like it's one political rally. Everybody has so much money invested in this franchise that they have to make sure you will buy into it. So they will do anything so that you'll 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 fall into that trap. And to me, a lot of these movies, kind of with franchise movies especially, these franchise movies where they're coming out with one every year, right. it just feels like you know a trap,
0: Too okay. glossy,
1: a glossy of a trap.
0: And and I can I can understand your perspective, and and which is really nice because um, this is this is really going to lead into our Last Jedi discussion. Yeah. Oh, for sure, uh, because yes, folks, we're finally covering the Last Jedi on this episode. You're you're getting that information at a time um, as inadvertently as whatever. But do you think? And and I don't. I'm not judging either way. I honestly, in this particular instance, I don't have a horse in the race. Okay, uh, I don't have a dog on the bike. So, do you think that their way of marketing? to the audience ultimately is truly just disrespect of the audience because the audience seems to be the audience at least in terms of the trailers and stuff really
1: seem to be buying in i think i think it's the amount of content for the audience now i'm not necessarily talking about marketing because when you watch regardless if you say you, you hated the movie or not it's a Star Wars movie about Star Wars characters, and it's within the same universe. And ultimately, it feel it's a Star Wars movie, regardless that they're, they're taking chances and all that, doing stuff a little bit different, still a Star Wars movie. So within that idea or that aspect, that's fine. You know, they're giving you what Star Wars has been giving people since Empire Strikes Back, when it became a big marketing merchandising property. What bothers me is the amount of stuff. Here we had Rogue One. When it comes down to it, it's not a very good movie. I watched it uh, on Netflix and it took me days to finish it. Because the really cool part of the movie is the gimmick, which is that it ties directly ties into A New Hope. And right. it's cool. And it's done well, but does that make for a good movie? No. Because it just it was a big lead-up to that one moment. And with Han Solo, now we have a Han Solo movie... Where it's being reported that it's not going to be good. At best, the movie is not going to be fantastic. It's not going to be revolutionary. It's going to be probably like Rogue One, where it feels a little bit choppy. It's something familiar, but it's nothing totally fantastic.
0: And I and and I know I was harping on this an episode or two ago, because I agree with you. I, I simply do not agree with the move to make a Han Solo movie. Boba, that movie would be great. Honestly, even a Chewbacca leading up to how he met Han Solo would be great. Other exploratory things in the universe that they want to make their one-offs off of that might that might somehow even spawn a couple sequels. Great, all great, but not fucking Han Solo.
1: This movie, oh
0: my god, this movie.
1: But see, I'm okay. not looking forward to this movie. Well, with Disney now, with their movies, especially like Star Wars, we see with with Avengers, is that uh, even their the modern princess movies or whatever, they all have to check off a box. Do we have this covered? Do we have that covered? Do we have uh uh do we do we, do we have the cute little creature that's in the movie that's going to make the characters go oh right, which is why we see the little dorbels do we the po- po- porgs 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 in the new Last Jedi little penguin oh my works. god
0: yes jesus well, christ yeah, what like, the fuck was that about yeah
1: and the issue is that if you have all these movies coming out they're all having to check off that box you have to have the characters that you you care about but then you have to, have to you all you also have to root for them or root against them well there's only so much you can do when you're telling a story within the same kind of context of a story you already know about because it's very difficult to create compelling characters when you just know in the next movie they're going to have the same kind of compelling characters. At least that's the way I look at it.
0: Disney I, I is agree no- with that, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And it's all about box checking. And and it's too obvious now. And unfortunately, I think people just fall into that trap because of the hype. And there's just way too much content. I, I just, I mean, I, I, we were, we talked about this before, uh, you know, three probably three years ago, where I just can't see how... People can fall into this trap. Keep falling into this trap with getting excited about all these movies. When you know you go and see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's two other trailers for Marvel movies beforehand, right? It's it like it, it 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 takes away from 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 what makes that movie special when you already have something else to look forward to. Okay,
0: I and, that, and that's fair. That's fair. And I really and truly agree. Uh, going into Last Jedi, I would absolutely 100% agree with you. The only thing that I would say will directly affect the review as a rebuttal, uh, and it's and it's not even honestly, it's really and truly not that big of a rebuttal per se. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the comment on that until we actually cover sure. the Last Jedi.
1: Yeah, which which is still about- coming. Yeah. Which is still coming. <laughs> It might be in four hours, but <laughs> yeah. you know we're at gonna this get right,
0: That <laughs> is right. Hey, we're doing really good. We're doing really good.
1: Uh, so all right. Well, then that is my article there, him. What uh, do you have for us, sir? So, uh, via SlashFilm.com, I came about this uh, last night. Published on SlashFilm.com on December twenty eighth. AMC considering charging different prices for seats within the same theater. And it says this, at the AMC Universal City Walk 19 in LA, the AMC Theater's location that's closest to where I live, uh, oh, I guess the guy who wrote this, Ben Pearson, where Ben Pearson lives, (laughs) a single ticket to see a non-matinee screening tonight currently costs $17.75 plus a $1.75 convenience fee for ordering the ticket online, bringing the total to $19.50. Now we've learned that AMC is looking into the possibility of charging different prices for different seats within the same theater. Is there any upside here? We received an email from a reader who's a member of the AMC Stubbs Reward Program, informing us of a survey that AMC Theaters is sending out to some of its members. The survey essentially asks members where they'd like to sit in the theater and if they'd be willing to pay more or less money ...for more desirable seats or less desirable seats. The contents of that survey have been confirmed by another person on Twitter... ...and while that Twitter user may be jumping the gun a bit by assuming AMC is unequivocally going to turn the results of this survey into a new policy... ...it's telling that the world's largest theater chain is searching for outside-the-box ways to potentially charge audiences even more money to go to the movies... The number of overall movie tickets sold in the the U.S. have been on a downward spiral for the past two years, which has to be something that haunts your dreams if you're an AMC executive. My first thought was that maybe the theater wants to offer discount prices for seats in the front row in order to attract people who might have otherwise brushed off the idea of going to the movies at all because the prices were too steep. But almost immediately, I realized that AMC isn't going to leave money on the table here. If this situation does, in fact, come to pass, they'll almost certainly charge more than the ticket price to sit in prime seats. My guess is that the middle of every row will be pricier to offset cheaper seats on the aisles or in the very front. The article does go on for a bit there, but I will hold off. Again, that was via slashfilm.com. Written by Ben Pearson. AMC considering charging different prices for seats within the same theater. Again, that's considering. Considering. <laughs> but
0: considering! Seeing how I
1: know there's one theater in LA that does this. It's the Disney-owned Excalibur Theater, which they show mainly uh, second-run Disney movies. You know, they'll do like Mary Poppins or Snow White. I went to the 20th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast there. They did a really cool Q&A and stuff. It's neat, but it's the same deal. You pay a premium to sit in the middle balcony. It's a beautiful theater, but, God, it can get so damn expensive. On top of that, if you're seeing a 3D movie in an old theater, you know, the screen is not, you know, specifically right. it's not, put there it's for not 3D. It's not Sure. right. Absolutely. And with doing that, theaters are hurting themselves because you never know if you find somebody who never goes to a theater not Maybe not never goes to a theater, but maybe finds himself, you know, I'm going to go see James Cameron's Avatar, or I'm going to go see something in 3D, which right. in 3D is great. And they happen to sit in the middle seat, and they're like, God, you know what? This is awesome. Maybe, you know, I'm going to consider coming to this theater and seeing it in IMAX 3D or Dolby Digital 3D and paying that premium price to sit in this theater again. But then if that price goes up and they can't sit in that seat... Either they will choose not to come back to that theater to sit in that seat again, or they might not even get have a chance to even sit in that seat to realize how amazing, you know, that theater is with the 3D and the sound sitting in the middle. Because right. there might they might be having to sit on the very, you know, the end of the aisle and, you know, not see that shit. And also, one of the reasons that'll keep me and a lot of others from going to a midnight screening or or a late showing, a primetime showing of a brand new film like Star Wars, which I've witnessed a couple empty theaters. If you're going to see it in 3D, you're not going to pay that fucking money to sit on the edge for two and a half hours to see all the blurry lines and stuff. Right. So, I mean, what do you think about all this? I
0: actually agree with you 100%. Really and truly, I think when it boils down to it, it's... If you're... At the end of the day, really and truly, unless there is a 100% perfect view... Unless you could, you know, somehow patent or trademark the perfect view in a theater, um, no matter where you sit, there is no point in charging extra. Because if I'm paying less and then I get a shitty view, well, what you're doing is telling me never to buy that seat again. Sure. And then they just end up with... 50 seats sold instead of 150 seats sold, because the 50 seats sold are the only seats that are worth
1: watching. Yeah. So, And I'll tell you what, with the movie pass, I find myself sitting in not the greatest spots, whether it be I'm by somebody who might be a little bit loud, you know, crinkling paper or whatever, or I'm by the exit row and so the freaking exit lights right there. But because it's, you know, 10 bucks or so a month, yeah, so maybe that was like a $2 movie or something. I can like look past that and still enjoy the movie because I'm not having to pay 20 bucks. You know what I mean? So your issue then, in terms of movie
0: pass at least, becomes that because you have to show up. If, you're, if your particular theater isn't an e-ticket theater, right. then you have to show up to buy your seat, which if it's reserved seating, you're stuck with whatever's left. Sure. Okay.
1: Um, but I'm and- I'm okay with that if it's a non 3D movie and I can sit and, and I'm forced to sit at the top on the on the on the side. Sure, I'm okay unless people are like loud as shit. I I mean I can deal with people eating their popcorn loudly. You know I mean I I'm I'm okay with that. So to me that's worth it because what I'm paying for, I it's uh it, it just balances out. Fair enough. Yeah. Now I would then say.
0: That I was recently, very, very recently, within the last few days, I was invited to participate in a survey for MoviePass. Oh? And MoviePass was hinting at two things. One, the value of concessions purchased because I didn't have to buy a movie ticket. They were asking questions like, oh, well, how much did you spend on concessions this day? And, oh, how much would you have spent on concessions if you didn't have Movie Pass?" But then they were like, well, how many IMAX 3D movies have you seen? And how many IMAX 3D movies would you have seen without MoviePass? And would you be interested in a premium membership to oh, MoviePass that okay. included such things? Yeah. Or if we had e-tickets available at your local movie theater, which in my particular instance they do not. Yeah. They do not have e-tickets available at the theater that, I, that, that is closest to my house. Would you be, you know, would you be more likely to, you know, to to go? Would you be less likely? Whatever. Sure. And so it looks like, see, they are anticipating, MoviePass at least is anticipating people like AMC doing something colossally fucking stupid. Like charging for specific areas of the theater. And I think that's a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, like, it, like because like I said, if you're only char- if you're charging more for the best areas of the theater, unless you've got massive blockbuster potential that you know is going to sell out, nobody's gonna buy the fucking seat. Sure, no, nobody. I mean, especially in a 3D scenario or an IMAX 3D scenario. I mean, fuck an IMAX ticket. Okay, so you live in. Uh, California It's, mm-hmm. it's price, Cost of living Is more than Here in Houston uh, Where the guy That you read The article for He may or may not I, I would assume He's in California Or New York Yeah so
1: he lives uh, I think it's said By City Walk Where the Universal That theater is By Universal Studios Okay so he's so, Also uni- Yeah in Universal California. City Yeah 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 Alright so And he's paying goddamn near 20 fucking
0: dollars Right To go see A regular fucking movie Right Matinee Matinee a yeah. matinee film where I can still sneak in, eek in on a Friday morning for five bucks. Sure. Here in Houston. Yeah. Um, now,
1: now, for now. ours, like if I I try to go see the first showing on a Saturday or Sunday morning, uh, it's not quite five bucks, but often it's between seven or nine bucks. So it's still reasonable. Sure. Yeah. But that's non-3D.
0: Right. Non-IMAX. Absolutely. Yeah. Non-3D, non-IMAX. So. Uh, But even here, where I'm at here in Houston, if I want to go to an IMAX movie, uh, the average... I mean, the cheapest I can get away with it is $13.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: That's the absolute cheapest that I can get away with it is $13. And versus a... Tuesday value day at the Cinemark, which is five bucks, or the first showing, which is between five and seven. Mm-hmm. Because if I go to a different theater up like in the Woodlands area, um the the, the art house theater up there is Market Street. Right. That's six seventy five for the morning show. That's anywhere between five and eight dollars difference to go see an IMAX movie. And you want to charge extra for that?
1: You want you want to charge extra based where I'm sitting?
0: Fuck you, motherfucker! I ain't yeah. going.
1: And so like we have the art house theaters in in L. A. So we have ArcLight theaters. Price is virtually the same all day long. You're paying eight, $17, 18 bucks. By me, it's like ArcLight Beach Cities in the Manhattan Beach area. That's a, a little bit cheaper because that's like the family area. But then you look at ArcLight Hollywood. You know, right right in Holly right in the hustle and bustle. That's eighteen fifty. Well, my favorite theater, one of them is the Landmark Theater, because that's where I was able to go see Phantom Thread before it got its limited release. They do a lot of Q&As. The, the theater experience is, is nice. The screens are decent. The seats are fine. And the sound's great. Day and night, it doesn't matter when you go, it's 15 bucks, Ooh. And that's really one of the only places you can go see some of these movies. Now, let me ask you just tritches and giggles here. Now,
0: you said that they do a lot of QAs and stuff sure. like that. So, is that extra? We, we, yes. No. 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 Okay, so that's good then. Right. So that's good. Yeah. So even when you're getting the Q&As and all that kind of stuff the bonus features, it's 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Okay. Yeah. So that's at least good. Yeah. Right.
1: So I mean, it, it but I also appreciate that they're not for location for how they run the facility. It's not bad. And the concessions aren't, aren't too, you know, it's not a crazy price or anything. So it's, it's upscale. It's nice. You got a lot of the older folk who go there, older rich folk who go there. So 15 bucks is fine. I, I don't want to pay that at an AMC where they don't keep the customer in mind. No you
0: shit. Know? I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And, and all right, so Tim and I were doing a little bit of, Chit chatting before the show actually got going. (laughs) We did a fuckload of chit chatting, actually. One thing that I was, and this is pure speculation on my part, I will encourage you to go and do your own legwork in terms of what I'm about to say. I personally believe that as AMC has become the largest theater chain, they spent the last couple of years buying up all the smaller theater chains and may have over leveraged themselves in the process. Which means that the reason why they're looking at doing stupid fucking things like this is because they desperately need the money to stay afloat and thus stay number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, air quotes for Tim. For, for those who are not Tim and seeing me do air quotes. Air quotes for number one, the largest theater chain. The simple fact of the matter is, is that when you're that big, you're also bloated and you have to find ways to do something to grow the theater business. Also, in their defense, they were one of the early adopters of the uh, Comfy Theater uh, they, they spent a lot of money renovating the theaters to do the easy loungers and, and, and you know the, the, the um, automatic seats with the recliners and all that kind of stuff. All that shit costs money. A- and also with smaller theaters, because they don't have as many seats available, they have to figure out a way to recoup that revenue as well. So I don't blame them necessarily for wanting to come up with creative and interesting ways to make more money. But the simple fact of the matter is is the biggest problem comes down to the fact that there's not a lot of product to sell. Right. That's what it boils down to. When when your business model is solely dependent upon somebody else's business model, you got a problem. You have a fundamental fucking problem and AMC is is Fully throwing this into everybody's light Because they're, They they want to charge more for to, to get people to see a movie In the best possible perspective Much like when you go to a concert mm-hmm. And if you're or, or the football game Or the baseball game And you're in the nosebleeds Versus a front row fucking seat You pay more You pay more for that front row seat Than you do in the nosebleeds And it's the same principle. And I can see why they would think along that same principle. But the problem is is that the product, in and of itself, is not something that people care to see up close. Sure. It doesn't matter. And when the alternative is, fuck it, I got a 70 fucking inch screen at home and a fucking broken and, and a fucking cracked fire stick that I can use and go and I can just
1: download and see that shit right now.
0: I I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the value in it.
1: Right. And I can see depending on certain, because if you, for Star Wars, if you had the opportunity to watch Star Wars at home, the new one, Mm -hmm. would you choose to see it at home? Had I not seen it already, right? Yeah, you're asking me going in blind. Going in blind, it's like you're looking. Or, 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 yes, or, or, or I would.
0: I would be very much right. willing to wait and and see that in the theater,
1: or a Star Wars, or not Star, Wars, or I said Star Wars, but like a Mar- uh, Avengers, you know, Star uh, Marvel movie. Um, I, I would be. It's a little. It's a little on the fence for me.
0: But I would still more than likely lean towards seeing it in the theater first.
1: So I think what we all really need to watch out for is that what we're going to be seeing mostly in these first run theaters, these, you know, the chain theaters, we're going to be seeing more of the big movies. Now, going back to Disney buying out, owning parts of Fox. Sure. Unfortunately, I don't, I'm curious to see what all James Cameron can do to help us out with that. Because James Cameron, (laughs) James (laughs) Cameron makes movies for an audience. And when uh, you talked about how uh, – I don't think it was when we started recording. It might have been before, but how important popcorn movies are.
0: Yes. This was definitely prior to recording. Right. and, and That's
1: right, Johnny. Even Tim says it now. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, like I, I know I used to bitch about movies to, where it's okay if you just turn your brain off. Right. Mindless entertainment. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think after watching the last – Fast and the Furious movie, which I fucking hated, <laughs> is that there's definitely better movies that you can turn your, you know, uh, what, popcorn movies that you can do that with, and Absolutely. it's still good. Absolutely. James Cameron movies, I think, are like that. Because people complain about Ooh. Avatar. That's a... Not, not all James no, no, Cameron no, 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 are no. movies. That's,
0: but that's a very good point that you're making yeah. right now. Most people, I, I you know, most people would think that with a James Cameron movie... You've got to pay attention. You've got to get in there and really dissect and really understand where he's going because of the because of the bigger themes. Yeah. Because of, because of a lot of the aspects that have gone into movies like *Love it or First*, *Avatar*, or the *The, the, the Terminator* franchise. Uh, even um, even really the themes of *Titanic*, which. While I am not a fan of Titanic, the movie as a whole, one thing I have always applauded James Cameron for is understanding and translating the idea that the Titanic took almost two hours to sink. Mm -hmm. And he he puts you in that perspective. You are now in the boat, in a sinking boat, but it doesn't sink right away. Sure, and so here's this boat that's sinking, but it takes like two hours to sink, and now you spend the the last hour and a half of a three hour movie on a sinking boat. So, I I that's that's very that's that's very prescient that you. Well, I mean,
1: but then he also has movies like, I mean, look at Terminator Two. Okay. Or even, like, True Lies. I love True Lies. I love Terminator. I love Terminator 2. Okay. But when you look at them as as films, they're good movies, but do they necessarily... I mean, other than being fun movies to watch, entertaining movies, did they really age well as, like, a fantastic film? It was a very innovative... They're all innovative films at the time. But when you compare it to a movie like The Abyss, which, when I think of a, of a James Cameron movie... And I'm including Alien 2 as well. A James Cameron movie that aged well, or ages well, or yeah, aged well, that is a standalone, a fantastic film where he was able to mix together uh, movie special, you know, technological achievements with science and storytelling, and then with characters you you actually care about. I think The Abyss is a great example of that. Okay. Alien 2. Aliens. Aliens is a great movie. I went back and rewatched them, uh, twice this past year, over the course of the, of a year. And they're, they're entertaining. The second movie is very good. It's very entertaining. Okay. But it's mainly, it's a popcorn action movie, war movie, compared to the first film. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I say it's not bad as I am saying that True Lies isn't a bad movie. It's still a good movie on different levels. Our time has run out. <laughs> <laughs> Life. <laughs> this is interesting. We've never had a live interruption. Uh, yeah, It's Frank the Mailman coming by. Do we have mail? Mm-hmm. Is this... Check that. No, sir. Check it. <laughs> You can
0: want to get me drunk so we can do a road test on That's me. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, that um, definitely has to be cut out because I can't, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. But I, it's, it's a good movie not because it, it, you know, it's nostalgic for people, for me. I grew up watching Aliens. But it's a popcorn movie when it comes down to it. It's an action war popcorn movie. And that is what James Cameron always thought of it to be. Not necessarily like a big, you know, I want people to study this film. And analyze everything I did about this movie. It's just a cool movie to watch. It's it's, wealth, it's well made. The production value of it is very nice. And I think it's because we don't have a lot of movies like that now. Which is why people look at Shape of the Water. And go... Or Shape of Water. And go... Wow. That is, that's a beautiful movie. That movie touched me. Because not only is it visually stimulating and visually enchanting... I love the themes. I love the characters. I love the music, but that doesn't automatically mean that oh, it deserves all these Academy Awards or this person deserves an Oscar because they did a you know they did a good performance. It's I mean it's a good movie. Just because you make a good movie doesn't mean it's like the best movie ever made. Okay. I kind of went in so many different directions there. You did, I, I but let me. That's okay. That's okay
0: because I both agree with you and disagree with you. Yeah,
1: I'm probably going to disagree with myself when I go back <laughs> and listen to this.
0: No, but seriously, okay. Here's here's where I where I agree with you.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I agree with you in terms of the fact that while Aliens is a great popcorn movie, in that. Um, if you don't want to think about the themes and you don't want to think about the militaristic aspects or anything like that and you just want to enjoy a sci-fi movie where the aliens get the shit kicked out of them, you can. Sit back, kick back, relax, and just watch the action unfold and just be excited and go, Hell yeah, Sigourney Weaver's a badass. Right. Okay. Aliens, however, is also a fantastic movie, but it's a fantastic movie on the thematic level, because you can look at you you can look at capitalism as a bad idea, uh, whether or not you agree with capitalism as a bad idea. You but you can you can explore that. You can explore the military-industrial complex. You can explore the fact that exploration, in and of itself has innate risk right because you never know what you're going to find you can explore the idea of whether or not you agree with the xenomorph side of things the xenomorphs have their own point right because uh, and, and if you think about someone who's an extreme environmentalist maybe they might actually side with the xenomorph like you know all they're trying to do is just continue their species in the best way that they know how yeah These are things that make a truly phenomenal movie. Yeah. Because you can enjoy them on more than just the level that a popcorn movie can be enjoyed.
1: And it's... All right. Maybe Aliens was a bad... (laughs) Uh, But I'll definitely stick with True Lies. Okay. Okay. All right. So... In Terminator (laughs) 2.
0: But, but Terminator 2 offers its own interesting aspects it do- of that. It does. And, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. I think, but that's what's the, that's the difference. Yeah. Between the generic, what we've been referring to as a popcorn flick. Yes. Yes. Is it grinding in your ears, Johnny? Do you just sit there and go, ah! A, Ver- <laughs> a. The verse. A. Versus, um, versus something that can really be explored sure and even certain aspects i would definitely agree that on the whole leaning into it true lies is definitely more of the popcorn style Mm -hmm. but even then cameron was smart enough to include Ideas that are really even prescient today. If you think about the idea of jihadism uh, versus al-Qaeda versus... And that
1: never uh, undermined the bodacious bod of one Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's really cool in New Girl, by the way. Uh, she, she's very good. And yet, we, we don't have... We, we don't really have that level. And honestly, I would I would argue that outside of the technological... Avatar falls into that trap. Avatar doesn't have what makes movies like uh, True Lies to a certain to an agreeable lesser extent. Have that je ne sais quoi that Abyss has, that yeah. Aliens 2 has, that even if you want to argue it, even Titanic would have. Because there there are definitely a, a large number of defenders of that film as well. And I and I do hope that there's something more that can come out of the sequels uh, for the Avatar franchise.
1: I mean I haven't seen Avatar in a while and I'm overdue for a rewatch, a revisit, especially sure. since the new ones are gonna be made. Unless Disney fucks it up even more. Well I think they're already in the can. Aren't they, aren't they actually aren't they actually done? No, they're uh they started I think they're about to start principal photography in like January or something. Did oh they, they have a cast? Okay. I
0: thought I thought they actually they have, had the I I thought they had the principal photography done. It was just post production. Uh so. no,
1: no cuz I think they had to get all the tech down and get all Oof. the kids cuz it's all like a lot of it's supposed to be underwater. So all the children that are in the movie, they have to get them acclimated to underwater acting and shooting in tanks because he loves shooting in big water tanks and but uh, you know even with Avatar you know it deals a lot with environmentalism and climate and it just kind of seemed like I mean say what you will about environmentalists and the climate change and all that it seemed like Avatar kind of got the bad rap because it became too political for those that aren't on the board or on the same page as he is in his views on what that movie uh uh deals with capitalism especially yeah capitalism and climate you know but i think but 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 i mean i I definitely get what you're saying i definitely i definitely And and i don't
0: want to turn this into the films of james cameron yeah but it's kind of hard to 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 legitimately explore the bigger themes that came from Avatar when like for example, I mean in, in an easy example, is the element they're after is unobtainium. I mean <laughs> it's unobtainable, then what's the fucking point? Right? I mean and they also take a lot of they take a lot of liberties with that story. He takes a lot of liberties with that story. I mean there's a reason why people say it's fern gully meets fucking dances with wolves. I mm-hmm. mean you know there's there's the there's the funny script that gets that the, the 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 plot treatment, the script treatment that's out there that's basically Disney's fucking Pocahontas, but they just scratch out all the character names yeah. and replace them with character names from fucking Avatar.
1: Well, so when when it comes to popcorn flicks, do you prefer the popcorn flicks of James Cameron? Or what you can, or what I feel like I'm being trapped here. Or no, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, no no, no. I, 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 no, no, no. I'm genuinely, I'm no, genuinely no, no. interested, and I want to ask. I want to yeah. absolutely, uh, or, uh, or curious. Um, the popcorn flicks of James Cameron, which we talked about. You know, it's you know he puts a lot of thought into how these movies are made. Absolutely. Regardless if you know you agree with the direction or you know all that sure, stuff. Sure, no, absolutely. Or do absolutely. you prefer the popcorn flicks of? The Fast and the Furious tr- franchise, okay. which but are pretty much all. I thought you were
0: gonna go to the easy route and say Michael Bay, and I was gonna be like, "Well, I can't say Michael Bay." Yeah, I can't, I mean, we both really say Michael Bay. Yeah, but
1: I, like I know, I know you enjoy the Fast and the Furious movies significantly more than I do. Sure, and I, I think that's what I kind of wonder because I think, I mean, I can understand for a, a chunk of the Fast and the Furious movies. You know, where people are like, oh, this one, it's like a heist movie. It's like, yeah, kind of. For about 15 minutes, it's like a fucking heist right. movie. Right. But, but like with the last one, it is so... Now, in my defense, though, in my defense, I was pretty hard on the last Fast and the Furious movie.
0: <laughs> we had a lot of the same problems. All right. So, no, I would definitely agree that the pedigree of yeah. Cameron, regardless of whether or not you appreciate the end result, the pedigree of Cameron... Is definitely higher than that of anything that gets thrown into the the, the Fast and Furious franchise, for example. Yeah. Um, I just think that, I, I, and so in that end, absolutely, I will take an Avatar over a fan uh, uh, over a Fast and Furious sequel any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Really and truly, and I am not a fan of Avatar. Right. But the pedigree, the demand for excellence, the level with which the oh, what's the word? I'm I'm I can't think of the word. I'm trying to. Ah, oh, damn it! Beer, why
1: must you be so good? Um, hey, 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 hey! Keep calm and drink on, says your koozie. <laughs>
0: And my koozie is supposed to be a Bucky's koozie, but I inadvertently left it at my cousin's house. The level of execution, okay, that's the word, with which Cameron brings to a completed film is unmatched. I almost think that's his undoing, because while I would take an Avatar any day of the week over a Fast and the Furious sequel, I'm willing to watch a Fast and the Furious sequel. After I've seen Avatar. Okay? I will watch if like if it came on, if I had cable, which I don't. But <laughs> if it if I had cable and it came on, I would watch a Fast and the Furious sequel. If Avatar came on, I wouldn't watch it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. And it goes into rewatchability. Yeah. That is the ultimate that that's the ultimate standard with which the popcorn movie, and again, using air quotes, folks, that the popcorn movie is held. If it comes on later on on cable, if it comes on on HBO, if you pop in and all of a sudden TNT is running a marathon of these movies, are you going to sit down and watch them? And I and I really and truly feel that with Avatar, people would say no. But with Fast and the Furious, people would say yes. And what does that say about the longevity of the movie, of the longevity of the franchise as a whole, when the only time it's worth seeing is the one time you saw it in the theater.
1: Well, I did see the director's extended cut that came out a month later I'm at so, the theater. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's not—it's not because that. I mean, I, and this is the last thing I'll say about it because I think with—I I, mean—I think I will find something else to say, and this conversation can go on for another. 15 minutes. It really can. <laughs> but, uh, oh
0: my god, we're an hour and forty-five minutes into the show.
1: <laughs> we haven't gotten to the movies yet. In my defense, I was just always waiting to get the like 4K. I will get back into buying certain movies once I get the 4K player because you know 4K is now the next big thing. Right. When Avatar came out, it's like, well, I need a fucking 3D player because I want to buy it in 3D. And you know what? To that, to your credit, to your credit.
0: Again, I talk about my buddy Rob a lot. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, he finally broke down and he's like, you know what? If I'm going to go ahead and have to buy this tech, I'm buying it all. So he took a big bonus check that he got and he bought the fucking big 3D TV. He bought the 3D Blu-ray player. He bought the fucking 3D version of Avatar and all 3D Blu-ray of Avatar. And for Christmas that year, I bought him four pairs of... Of oh, the glasses? Of the glasses. Yeah. So, and, and he loves, he loves Avatar. He absolutely loves Avatar. He thinks it's a fantastic fucking movie. So I'm thinking, you know what? I guess I'm going to have to go to your house and watch <laughs> this movie because, I mean, I don't even know. So. You um, all have to sit next to each other like this in front of the TV. This is true. That's, that's is what true. sucks. We, we got, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But, um. Honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, time's going to tell because the, the, the sequels are coming. Sure. And ultimately, whether or not AMC charges extra is going to be irrelevant.
1: Sure, because sure. Because yeah. they suck and whatever. And I don't want five fucking Avatar movies either, so... Yes. All right. Now that we've gone and <laughs> spent In, another end hour... of part one. <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm, I
0: am kind of curious. Do we just, like... Do we just, like, make... Th- Two hundred and sixty and two hundred and sixty-one, like a two-part episode, and then we stop here, and then we just cover all five
1: movies.
0: (laughs) It's forty-five minutes.
1: Um. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's do the movies because these, I, I I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to have too much to say about Darkest Hour or the Jumanji's. Yeah, especially the old Jumanji. I'm probably not gonna have too much to say about it. I
0: don't really have a whole lot to say about Jumanji, the original Jumanji. I mean, I'm very
1: interested in hearing your take on the new one. Oh
0: my god, I know it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> okay, alright, here we go, folks. So now that we've completed the news, I'm not gonna even worry about the rest of my news because holy crap, do we have did we have a lot of ground to cover. Without further ado, shall we do the movies? Let's do it. Here we go, folks, it's